1: Love Talk Radio
2: Andy,
3: hey, well, I wonder why. It's happening again.
4: Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. And now, your co-host, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. Along with Dr. Tim Hayes as well, and we welcome you to the show. Today is Thursday, March the 31st, 2016, and our call-in number is 646 200 Six nine, Press 1 and that puts you in queue to talk to us. We would love to hear your comments and your questions because that makes this your show. And I hope that David calls back in today uh, that, and so we can pr- continue with yesterday's conversation. But in the meantime, let's welcome Michael.
5: Thank you, dear heart, and welcome, everyone. Once again, we are honored that you're here to join us for this conversation and deepen the understanding you have of this process called forgiveness. And the, uh, the starting point I'd like to look at today is the idea of understanding and that understanding comes when one has the brain cells to truly understand something you know, if I were to, let's say, draw a picture of an igloo, and a fairly detailed picture of an igloo, and went to uh, the deep jungles at the equator, and I were to show that to a man and say, This is an igloo, if I asked him, he would know that that was an igloo, but he would have no knowledge. He would appear to have knowledge because, well, well, that's an igloo, you see. But, but he doesn't have any knowledge of it. And Einstein, I've been looking at Einstein quotes recently, as you can tell from the last couple of days. Einstein says, any fool can know. The real key is, do you understand? And it's interesting with this ancient work of Yeshua, there are people who will say they, they know about forgiveness, But the understanding that empowers them to actually use the tool escapes so many because they're like the person in the jungles who says, oh, I look at that and I know that's an igloo, but does not have any knowledge that the igloo is made of ice, that that there's a place, know, this guy lives on the equator where the temperature has never been below 80 degrees. You know, he has no knowledge that there's a place in the world where the temperature goes to 60 below zero for months at a time, that the river that he's, you know, paddled up and down and played and swam and fished in all his life, turns to a rock light substance that's 60 degrees below zero, and somebody comes along with a, a saw and cuts a hole in the ice and builds a building called an eagle. He has none of that understanding, really doesn't have a clue what he's talking about. And so it is so often with the ancient Aramaic teachings of Yeshua, one has ideas and words that say, well, I know that, but... Do they have the depth? If you listen to Yeshua 2,000 years ago, he says in order to utilize his work, you've got to have the eyes to see and the ears to hear. People make up all kinds of stories. I mean, you could imagine as that picture passed around the village at the equator, how many different stories people could make up about igloos. Of course, all the stories would be reflections of the content of their own minds, and we could go back to the village six months, a year, 10 years, 20, 50 years later, and we'd have such elaborate stories about igloos, and, and some of them would be so ludicrous, yet the person who believes it would say, that is that, that's an igloo. And so it is with the teachings of Yesha. We have many people with zero knowledge, of Yeshua's actual words. They've heard all kinds of Greek ideas, all kinds of people without the experience of this sweet, conscious, active presence of love alive in them, when under stress, never even approach the experience, not having the slightest concept of what it is, but they know that he said, love your neighbor, And the understanding is zero. To do what it takes to get there is zero. What we're looking to do, and and, uh, as each person, you know, Dr. Tim shares it often, I share it often, just how the understanding deepens as you build the brain cells. And all of a sudden, something that you thought you knew, an igloo, becomes a whole deep experience. And so it is with forgiveness. So it is with the word love. You know, you look at at uh, Vladimir Lenin, and he says, change the meaning of a culture's words, you can destroy the culture. This is what he was talking about. If people don't have an understanding of the words that were used by the man, and you remember the man himself says, the power of life and death is in your words. He says, and, and, and here's the piece that many people think they understand. Oh, yeah, he saved me. Yeshua says, the power of life and death is in your words. My words are your perfect life. You Notice he doesn't say I am. There are people who've read Greek accounts and they'll say he is, he is, he is. Not what he says. But then people who aren't interested in what he said are usually interested about what they know. Just like, you know, the train of thought in the jungle who believed this about igloos, the train of thought of the jungle who believed that about igloos, they all want their knowledge to rule supreme. In fact, maybe if they haven't had any experience of being the active presence of love, as Yeshua's teachings about, they might even be willing to condemn or kill others who wouldn't accept things the way they have come to understand them. And for people, for Yeshua to sit in most circles of those conversations he'd say that's all Greek to me just like you and I would say well all those stories about about igloos that we heard when we went back to that uh, that jungle village 10 years later I mean they were such a joke and there's so many people who are so serious and ready to kill each other over doctrines and dogmas that have no meaning whatsoever in the original context that this man Yeshua taught this man who said I come to bring you life and bring it more abundantly and so what we're looking to do is to really develop the brain cells and the understanding of what he actually said and what his words actually meant so that rather than just information or knowledge about it we actually have the experience and the understanding of it and of course the the number one primo tool that we're talking about over and over and over again. And it's interesting, I've had people who've been working with the tools for 10 years and they talk about forgiveness and they say, well, yes, yep, I forgave them. And I know this person has zero understanding of forgiveness. If you're still thinking that forgiveness has got anything to do with them, if you're still thinking that forgiveness is about you letting them or yourself off the hook, then you have some knowledge that has nothing to do with the tool. You would never even conceive of such a thing if you actually knew and understood what Yeshua meant when he said, you must forgive from your heart the wrongs of your brother. That simple sentence is loaded with so much information. Let me just give you a, a short form of the information, and we'll go see if, uh, if David's with us. So the short form of that sentence, you must forgive from your heart the wrongs of your brother. Heart, in the Aramaic, is the unconscious. Yeshua is saying you've got to remove from your unconscious anything based in hostility or fear, wrongs, that you've put into your brain's image of others, pictures that you paint on the inside of your eyeballs, show you the quote-unquote wrongs, the energies that are off the mark in you, but they put them into your brain's image of your brother. That's getting close to understanding what he meant by those terms. Got nothing to do with letting that other person off the hook or yourself off the hook. So it's uh, it's kind of sad in some cases if people don't hang around long enough to build the brain cells, go off with a half understanding, and you know I've seen it take ten years for people to come back and say, oh tell me more about that, tell me more about that. People who have uh, one experience, perhaps perhaps a very profound experience, and go off and make up their own stories about how it works without the depth of understanding. So we're looking to share the reason for this show, and you can go back over the last six years, you know, we're to our six-year shows. There are well over 1,500 shows in the archives. Start listening. You'll be building brain cells to understand the depths of this original Aramaic work that we're bringing forward into the world. So we are honored and delighted that you're here to share this space with us. And uh, Jeannie, let's say a quick hello to Dr. Tim, and then we'll check and see if David's with us. I know Tim's going to say, oh, let's go talk to David, but anyway. I know you had a support group
1: last night, sir, so I'm just checking in. Well, that was Tuesday night. Or, yeah, we, see, we well, did well, have a yeah, support group. Today is group. Thursday already. Yep. We did have a support group on Tuesday, and it was lovely. We had um, more conversation about how last week's support group triggered so many people and how our, our the key in that kind of a situation is to quit talking about the content and talk about the process, the internal process that's stirring up anger or sadness or hurt from somebody, and um, we watched uh, another of the hour of Guy Finley's Relationship Magic, and Julie um, from Oregon called in a number of weeks ago and wanted to know if I had a review of that, and And essentially, my review of Guy Finley's Relationship Magic is it's Dr. Rice's understanding of relationships and how it's all an inside job, and um, it's told with different stories and is told with different images, and uh, sometimes some people say words that make it more complicated and other people say words that make it more easy to understand. So it's the same message with a different different set of tools to uh, approach it. And of course it stirred up a lot of conversation again and then we had somebody work on a worksheet and so it again it's just a blessing. Um and one of the things that came out of the worksheet discussion is that people one of the biggest hang-ups in this process is getting back to basics and realizing that when I ask somebody, how do you feel, and they say, well, I feel he disrespected me, they're not answering my question. They're, they're falling into the old trap of our culture's conditioning, which has us talking about thoughts rather than physical sensations or emotions. So so that's my offering for today, and I'd be happy to uh, yield the floor to continue the discussion from the last couple of days, which has been powerful.
5: Awesome. One of the things I love about Guy's work is is his storytelling capacity. He is just the most amazing storyteller. Uh, fabulous illustrations with his stories. So. Very cool. Well, then let's check in and uh, – and see if uh, if David's with us, or Jeannie, is there anybody in the uh, chat room with anything for us, or anybody with a hand up in the phone queue, if David isn't there.
4: Chat room is very quiet, and nobody has their hand up. So, David, if you're with us, if you'll press 1, it'll put you to the top of the list. I know he calls in from different phone numbers, and so I may not be recognizing his phone number. But nobody has a hand up right now.
5: Well, then, if somebody puts a hand up, you'll be the first in line. No waiting. Zip, you'll be right there, and we've got time to talk. So what would you like to talk about? How can we support you in your process? How can we assist and reflect for you how the tools could benefit your life in whatever situations you're working on? What's, uh, what's exciting? What's happening in your world that uh, – that needs to be looked at uh, from a different perspective with different uh, different eyes than the ones you've been using Uh, there was a philosopher named Marcel Proust who said that the journey does not consist in finding new landscapes but in developing new eyes and so what new eyes do you need what arena do you need some new eyes to see with and Share those with us. Let us see if we can support you.
4: We have a hand up.
5: Great. Let's say hello.
4: Five one seven, you're on the air.
5: Hi, it's Rex.
0: How's everybody doing?
5: Hey, we're rocking. Good to hear your voice, sir.
0: Awesome. Um, uh my more of a statement than a question, but just to reaffirm the um what I heard you saying, what resonated in my content about your opening, Michael. Um, what came to mind was uh, how that I, personally, and I think it's pretty universal, will skew skew the data that I'm receiving based on what I'm observing in the world in the moment. Um, it'll all be based on what filters I have engaged and then more simply just whether I have love engaged or not. and. It, you know, I, I I tongue-in-cheek kind of chuckle at my experience with you. I had, oh, I don't know, a, a couple of years ago now probably, maybe three, where I had a realization that came to me very clearly that um, if I'm in any form of upset, it doesn't matter what degree of upset I'm in, if I'm in any form of upset, I will not be seeing what's happening in my world. I won't be seeing the people. I won't be seeing the situations or the circumstances, even remotely accurate. I will be turning it all into something else from my content. And it's just that's what was resonating when you were talking, is just to really um, bring that to the forefront again, because we say it over and over again. I know I do, and I know I hear you say it over and over again. Is that recognize? Is that you breathing, Michael?
5: Yeah, it sounds like Darth Vader. I hope I'm breathing. (laughs) I hope I'm breathing, yes.
0: It's something, there's just really a loud breathing sound, and I had somebody ask me about it, and one of my clients asked me about it. So I was hearing it. I thought I would just identify it right now. Maybe we could uh, support that being wonderful to breathe, but not so much in the microphone, (laughs) if that's whoever's doing it. Um, At any rate, yeah, it does sound just like Darth Vader. Genie, that was good uh so, so we, that's it. I think he's doing
4: it on purpose now
0: <laughs> well, I know he's doing it on purpose now because that was good um so so what it, what- how it serves me and i think it can serve everyone so well is to recognize and to acknowledge that unless I have love fully conscious and active, I'm not seeing what's happening in the world outside of me. I'm not seeing the world of actuality. I'm seeing a version that I've made up. And I'm adding my components to it and the pieces that I perceive to be, you know, coming, they're coming from my own content. And what, how that offers support for me is I am actually really comfortable with being inaccurate now where I had really defended being right, you know, I'm right, you know, and and so my mind had to offer up evidence that I was right rather than the truth. And I was successfully creating that scenario in my mind because I was sending my mind a signal that said that, you know, I don't want to hear it, I don't want to know the truth, and so on and so forth. So just that acknowledgement that I rarely see the world as it truly is, if at all, I get glimpses and versions of it when I'm as close to being conscious as possible or being expressing as love in my mind and my body. So that, that was my uh, input. I just wanted to share that because it just seems like I, I, I value, it value, I have value in hearing it come out of my mouth again. <laughs> so Hopefully it has value for everyone.
5: Absolutely. And it's such a powerful point. And, you know, when you, Listen to the way you started out when I look at what I'm observing in the world, and the truth is I've never observed through my mind anything in the world, whether love is present or not. Hostility, fear, love. If I'm looking at pictures that come from my mind, all pictures that come from my mind are a reflection of content of my mind, painted on the inside of my eyeballs, and pretending to be what's going on out there in the world. This is one of those depth of understanding things that's so important. And people have to build a lot of brain cells to, to, get their, to wrap their minds around this to really make this practical and real. And so if I am in love, if I'm connected with love, and I am still seeing through my mind, I'm still seeing my mind's content formulated into an image of what I think is the world, pictures painted on the inside of my eyeballs. And if I'm connected to love, then those pictures are going to be accurate and they're going to give me good guidance about what's going on in the world. And it's still not what's going on in the world. I have to turn to another set of faculties to get to what's actually going on in the world and they are the higher faculties the faculty of intuition will give me direct access to what's actually going on where my mind is always just you know it's like and a good comparison for that is here I am sitting watching television and I see the play Macbeth and I think I'm seeing Macbeth and you know a thousand miles away in New York City the camera is trained on the stage where you know the top actors in the world, uh, Shakespearean actors, are playing out Macbeth. Now, if I were there in the audience, I'd be seeing Macbeth being played out. Sitting here watching my television, I am watching a, a an image of Macbeth being played out. And so the mind is always playing out its images. When love is present and it comes through that filter from the mind, then my mind is accurate in what it's showing me about Macbeth or about whatever's happening in the world. If hostility or fear is there, then it is absolutely inaccurate about showing me. That's why Yeshua says, if you want human perception, if you want to function at the highest human levels, first law is you've got to have Rachma. You've got to have a condition in the frontal lobes of the brain where love is active where this filter that passes intentions key to love is active, and human life enters and is active. And as that occurs, then you can come to accurate perception. And um, we hear people have made up all kinds of stories and dogmas and doctrines about that thing called love your neighbor, when in Aramaic it does not even say love your neighbor. Um, but we have lots of people who've got lots of stories made up about that, and it's like the stories of the you know the people in the in the jungle. You know, we went back ten years later, and they had all these stories about the picture of the igloo, and stories about igloos. It's <laughs> like you know, uh, so much of it. When you get to the root truth of it, is silly. And to uh, my my experience is over the years that for someone to really develop the brain cells to begin to really comprehend, it's at least five years of serious, detailed work and engagement with the tools. And uh, many people are like, well, I'm too busy to do that. It's like, well, oh, okay, that's, you know, that, that's understandable. And people can live a whole life where they're so busy that they really never engage or they engage for you know a day, a or two, a or two, a month, a year, and think, oh, now I've got it. And, you know, just not the way it is. But it's certainly fun to keep developing the brain cells. The depth of understanding, it's awesome. Any thoughts for you, Tim, on that topic?
1: Well, just ditto's. <clears throat> just you know here here two masters talking we don't really need to add much and by masters i mean perpetually avid students so just ditto's
5: cool any other thoughts for you rex anything else going on in your world that exciting new baby and the uh the almost new baby in your uh, in your family system
0: Well, that's all going well. Brea and Mitzi and Shaylee are in New York at a conference. So Mitzi's uh, celebrating, you know, the process there. And she's doing some caregiving and uh, sharing her time and space there. And so that's happening. Uh, I I did want to go back to our conversation, but thanks for asking. Everybody's doing well, and that's all progressing beautifully. Um, I went and saw the movie Risen which I was moved deeply in a, in a, in a number of different scenes. It was very well done. Um, and the scene where, uh, Ishwa was sitting with the, um, soldier. I can't remember his name right now. I want to say Clobidicus, but yes. I don't think that's it. Is that it? Mm-hmm. I'm and not so sure. He was sitting. Oh, you're not sure. But anyway, they were sitting on the mountain right before Yeshua left and kind of blended into the process. Um, but when he said, he said, and you are sitting here with me, you witnessed my body, I don't know exact words, but you witnessed my death and you saw it with your own eyes but you're, and you're sitting here talking with me, touching me and experiencing me, yet you are still doubting that it happened. Imagine how difficult that would be for people who never witnessed any of it directly like you did and it was so profound for me to um, it's just it it just speaks to what we're talking about right now as far as building brain cells and getting the neuron activity there um, and how much we doubt ourselves and our capacity to be loved and how we're capable of being free of that doubt in any given instant and it was just you know, so reflective in uh, how I look at it is I always do my best to bring it into the inner parts of my own experience and see how that might apply. And then also out into the bigger picture to see how it might apply. So that was one very profound moment. And the other one was when the leper was transformed by his faith, as I understood it. And just the way they did the visuals, it was just so beautiful and, I get more and more all the time that that my co-creation and my experiences in my world and what I attract to me is is <laughs> it's going to be based on the content that I have and what I engage and how I see it and all the things saying. I'm repeating what we've just talked about, but just those two moments, um, the key to faith and knowing how emotionally moving when I um, tell the story of different moments in time where Ishwa talked about faith is what caused the healing. It, it's that belief and trust and knowing is how I interpret it in my experience. And and just just to reinforce that and continue to nurture it and build it in myself uh, is, is just really profound for me and I I invite everyone to just really play with that. But that was my other thought that I had and, uh, or thought. So, I'll, uh, I'll open the floor up to see if there's any other callers, unless anybody had any comments on that, because it's a beautiful conversation as far as I'm concerned, the, the idea of faith. Great,
5: yeah. It was a very profound film, wasn't it? I thought it was very powerful to uh, to watch. And 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 that scene where, you know, it's, it's, of course, beyond comprehension. Wait a minute, everybody dies, and when they're dead, they're dead. I mean, they're the brain cells the man has. And yet he's sitting with someone who who he knows was dead, who wasn't dead, and you know, there's no room for that to go into the brain. There are no brain cells for that. And so, to to imagine, you know, go back to uh, to Yeshua's words in uh, Revelations where he says, and and I'll change the word. I'll, I'll use the original word, but I'll change it to to he or she who does their work. And Yeshua says in that particular case to he that over or she that overcomes. So what's this overcoming? It's the overcoming of the content of a thousand generations based in hostility or fear and replacing that content with the presence of love. And what does he say happens? They will not taste of the second death. What's the first death? That's when being is lost to carbon-based memory and the non-being self arises from content and pretends to be who we are, pretending to have life where there is no life. That's the first death. And if that death continues, is not corrected or overcome, the non-being self made out of primarily hostility and fear will ultimately destroy the energy field. It will fall apart, and the second death will occur. So here's Yeshua, who understands the whole process, and you got to hang around with this guy for a while to get this. It's like, to he that overcomes, who removes the hostility and fear based mind and the non being self, they will not die. They will become a pillar, he says, in the temple. The temple is your body of my God and shall go out no more. In other words, you're not going to destroy the temple anymore. And, and you know, that's like, you've got to build some pretty deep brain cells to comprehend that. Wait a minute. You know, I looked at history and, you know, how many billions of people have come and gone, passed, been here for 100 years or less, and then gone. Everybody dies. Well, maybe that's not true. Maybe if we heal our hostile and fear-based selves, then there are different brain cells we can function with and something different can happen here's what I know. You know, there are people who go, well, Michael, that just sounds like fantasy thinking. It's like, okay, let's imagine that it's a total fantasy. Will that fantasy hurt you? You know, It's kind of like you've heard me talk before about useful fantasies and destructive fantasies. We have a fantasy that the sun rose this morning at 614. Now, everybody knows the sun didn't rise, but it's useful and it works for us. You know it allows us to meet at three in the afternoon when we choose to meet at three because we knew the sun rose at six fifteen and we had our clock set and blah, blah. so so it's a useful fantasy and so my my offering is that people have destructive fantasies they destroy themselves with like like you have to die it's a very destructive fantasy, and so what if we replaced it with, perhaps if I overcome that which is killing me, I will live for eternity. What if I go with that fantasy? Can that fantasy hurt me? I cannot fathom a scenario where that fantasy could hurt me, and somebody might say, "Well, I, I might just go jump out in front of a truck because I think i can 't die Well, then obviously i don 't understand or have any knowledge or wisdom and you know so i 've nullified that understanding. But if I recognize that what people call death comes from energies in the cell that are off the mark and i overcome the energies that are off the mark my cellular structure will go on living in health and usefulness for eternity and you know it's it's just about as comprehensible for those without the brain cells as this guy who's sitting there scratching his head going but i saw you dead just a couple days ago i mean wait wait a minute how how is this possible no brain cells to fit it in, and that's one of the reasons why one has to hang around long enough to build the brain cells and come to comprehension. And when people do it prematurely, they make up things, they make up stories, and they lose the teaching by doing it. And so,
0: mm-hmm. wow, great, great, uh, great expression of that, Michael. And when I when I listen to you talk about the idea of dying and the physical body dying. Um, I, I'm just, I'm deeply moved by it because it's, we're having a conversation that has been, that I've been aware of the idea. Um, it's been almost 36 years ago when I first heard that idea, when I was in, exposed to, well, not 36, I'm sorry, it's about 33, realistically, that I was exposed to that idea through rebirthing. And Leonard Orr had an idea about, you know, he had a real little booklet about it. and And I don't, you and I, when we first started sharing, I don't think you presented that right away, but you may have, I wouldn't have been able to hear it at the time. But so I've had it in my awareness for a long time and only recently have I been really, well, there's just so many, so much depth to the awareness and that's like you said, it's building and it's releasing and it's integrating the pieces that I have made up. And so just, you know, that, that, It's uh, and 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 the logic. It's just logical. It's like when I'm if I'm feeling symptomatic and I'm feeling sick, quote sick, or even if I was diseased, it's important for me to address what really is happening. But that 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 fantasy I'm having that I'm having a disease is is not a useful fantasy for me. What I've come up with is it's a lot easier to just to consider everything is healing. And even if I'm wrong, it's beneficial. And so that's another example of using that idea. And and the one about death is like, you know what? Why not question it? I mean, I'm questioning everything else. This is a reality that's supposed to be true that people have inside them that appears to happen over and over again. There's a lot of energy about it. And why not confront it and just question it? And what I ask, and then I ask Ruka, tell me what the truth is. Tell me what the experience I'm seeing here is really what I'm, what I'm really seeing, you know, and that is what I kind of heard you saying, Michael, it's my languaging is like, Hey, Ruka, tell me what I'm seeing right now. Tell me what I'm experiencing right now. And teach when me, I do that me. with a real, teach me, teach me. Yes. She, teach me, teach me. And, and and when I do that, this sense of a feeling and a, a perceptual, uh, so much changes inside that it's difficult to describe in words, but I'm able to express or be aware of things that in, in other moments I'm just not able to be. Brian, so thank you again for well, that, and, that input on the death part too.
5: And, you know, you, you bring up, you actually point out another piece of the puzzle that can help to build brain cells on still a deeper level. And that is, the, the reason why one has to continue to do their work is because we each have, in our minds a trickster. If you look at all the native cultures, there was the wily e. coyote. there was a the joker. And the wily e. coyote could turn things around, make things appear as they were not. And it is when one continuously does one's work that the wily e. coyote can't take over. But you look at that community, and it's, it's interesting to, to see where, where Yeshua talks about how the power of life and death is in our words. And what he's saying is, your words are frequencies. Frequencies that don't support life in you will kill you. If you speak words that don't support life, that will kill you. It introduces a frequency. And you get what you ask for. You set that up. So you'll notice that the community that you mentioned, and I have said this in this community over the years, I know the folks that uh, that originated that whole idea of immortality, and and I've told them over and over again, stop it, you don't want to be an immortalist. You don't want to be immortal. And they're like, well, what do you mean? That's what I am. It's like, well, let's take a look at the power of that vibration. What is the word death? It's mortal. And what is Immortal, I'm mortal. So an immortalist, every time they say it, is claiming death. Thank you very much. I'll pass on being an immortalist. I want to be eternal. But the trickster can always turn it around. You know, you got to keep watching, keep doing your work, keep, keep watch all the time because this trickster with a thousand generations can turn things around in a heartbeat and people think they're talking about one thing and they're talking about the exact opposite.
0: True story. And that book that I was mentioning did have the title Immortality, you know, something to do with death and related to immortality. So I'm smiling with a great big smile because it's just, um, I recognize the importance of that and I don't always remember it. So thanks for all the reminders and uh, I love you and and embrace everyone in my love. And I'm going to go on uh, um, mute and then see if we have any other callers.
5: Okay, sir. Blessings. Blessings. So Jeannie, anybody in the chat room with anything going on? Anybody with a hand up in the phone?
4: Well, it is quiet in the chat room. Uh, Most people are just listening and saying hello, and that's about it. Nobody else has a hand up. We have 21 minutes, so, David, if you're with us, press 1. Anybody else who wants to talk, press 1. You're first in line.
5: And uh, we haven't heard from Captain in a couple of days. If you're out there, I'd love to say hello. And I saw on Facebook last night where, uh, unfortunately, his, uh, his car got banged up a little bit. So I hope, uh, hope he's okay and everything is well. But uh, if you're out there, we'd love to hear your voice and see how you're doing. Our calling number, for those who are on one of those stations that we don't get to see in our uh, control panel, is 646-200-4169. And if you have a question for us, if you're on the phone line at 646-200-4169, you're listening to us live. And if you push one, your hand goes up and we get to hear from you directly. We haven't heard from Miss Julie out in Ashland, Oregon, for quite a while either, so it's uh, it's about time for us to hear from her. And I haven't talked to Julie Averstick in a couple of days. I hope uh, Julie's doing well. If you're on the line, Julie, you could say hello and let us know how you do, you're doing. And other than that, uh, no waiting. If you've got a question or thought for us, push one. Well, I'll take a minute. We're, let's see, we're down to about 20 minutes. So we've still got plenty of time for conversation. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about the fact that um, if one really wants to deepen their experience of the work, one of the things that you can, uh, can do is move in the direction of entering into the intensive space where we're, we're engaging a, a, a presentation that I'll do. Excuse me for a second. little frog in my throat a presentation that I'll do at the beginning of each intensive is that on what are the factors that empower one to step into a healing space and, and then acknowledge that in any given situation with whatever uh, question someone asks about what's going on in their lives and what they need to process. And they'll say, how do I do this? How do I do that? How do I do that? I'll, you know, turn to the board, tongue-in-cheek, and write the words all of the above over and over and over again until everybody gets that. It isn't that I'm going to change my nutrition. It isn't that I'm going to do a forgiveness worksheet. It isn't that I'm going to do the commitment with somebody. It isn't that I'm going to look at my advice to someone else and follow that advice. It isn't that I'm going to do responsibility communication. You know, in, in any given situation, we can't say to somebody, if you do this then you'll heal. It isn't that I'm doing total fresh and raw food that vitalizes me. It isn't any of those things. It is all of those things. And we don't know. That's why in an intensive we introduce everything we possibly can to support people, one, being as vital as possible, and two, going to the depth of stirring what needs to be looked at as powerfully as possible. And you know an insight that I had in this last five weeks of intensives uh, we had some very very deep work being done, and it really struck me just so clearly that most people organize their lives in a way that they're in control, and they 're not going to allow themselves to go to depth they 're not going they they don't have the capacity because of the way they normally run their lives, the way they control their lives, the way they eat, the way they drink, the way they interact with other people, those habits are so deeply ingrained that in the normal course of life, it's not likely they're going to go to the depth of stirring to access some of those really disabling destructive patterns that they hold and in the intensive experience one lets go of a measure of control of what we're going to eat because we're going to do vitalizing food if you feel like going out and getting your coke and m&ms and you're at heartland it's going to be a stretch for you to do that because what we're going to serve you is this awesome fresh and raw food i mean our food in this last five week intensive was just amazing ari was so on it with the food and he created almost a totally new menu system through the whole 32 days. I don't think he made three of the uh, recipes from the uh, and book, which we've worked 25 years on. So the food was awesome. And so instead of, oh, I, wanna, I want that phosphoric acid, not knowing that that sharp taste is what weakens one and the, the caffeine and the sugar that goes in at the same time is what uh, disables one's ability to go to depth, instead of getting that Coke, what you're going to get is you're going to get this awesome, fresh um, spaghetti and meatballs or veggie balls. (laughs) And instead of M&Ms, you know, at the end of the day, there's going to be a, a fresh and raw chocolate truffle. That's just awesome. But it's only food and will vitalize you instead of fill you with sugar to drive your energy down. And so, you know, when one yields the system through which they live life that keeps them at bay with what they need to deal with by stepping into the intensive space they go to a depth that otherwise most people just wouldn't allow themselves to do and then of course there's always the gift that the genie or myself or someone else will push a button for one and keep confronting that button to go to deeper and deeper and deeper levels of the mind where one would normally never consciously go. They might go unconsciously, but when they go there unconsciously, they are so blotto unconscious, and they've told themselves such a story about how the problem's outside of themselves, and it's their fault, and if only they'd change, and, you know, I need to get out of here because it's their problem. But being in a space where they go to that depth, And they've got a whole group of people who are literally spraying the active presence of love on them, which helps them to dissolve those deeper issues. And they're in a space where they're continuously being reminded the meaning of the perceptions Their mind is giving them That that their perception Which forms pictures about how Somebody else did this Is really coming from the contents of their own mind So being in that intensive space And being pushed into That next level, that next layer That next layer, that next piece And being reminded and supported In going to that depth is something Most people simply will not Organize their lives to do And so never accessing directly those levels of process, one carries that level of disintegrative energy around underlying their whole lives and their perception of the world continuously. And, you know, the Aramaic language is the only language on the planet that I know that has built into the language, into the syntax of the language, a way of indicating that one is being controlled from that level of unconsciousness. There's a suffix O O T A that when you add it to a word indicates that something from the unconscious mind is impacting or creating perception. as the construct of one mind, one's mind, the world, one see decisions, the behaviors one's going to do and behavior. And, you know, it's the only language on the planet that reflects one standing in the space where they're being controlled by that. And when one gets to the place where that depth of insanity, when that process is happening out of hostility and fear, and they've got people around them that stay conscious and are active and present with love, and can say, well, you know, I heard you saying that about Charlie, but, you know, I noticed that you told me that about Bill last week. And three months ago, you told me that about Mary. Did it ever occur to you that that's about you? And in that space with that kind of support, someone's able to drop in and go, oh, my God, look what what I've been hiding from myself about me. Wow. I can now bring this to the forefront and remove it. Forgive that energy, which is impacting my perceptions, decisions, and behavior without my knowledge because it's unconscious. And the problem with people functioning out of the unconscious is when they do it, they're unconscious. <laughs> so, so there is no conscious being present when that's happening. And so to be with a group of beings who are there, each in turn, all of us, to look at that which is less than love and to be supported through that is just, it's just such an awesome space to be in. And so, gee, you've got a hand for me.
4: Yes, I do, and it is area code. Well, I actually, have two hands. Area code eight four seven. You're on the air. Who do we
3: have? Hi, it's Mary. How you doing? From we
5: are well. Chicago. How are you,
3: Mary? Well, I'm better. I'm home now. I uh, thanks for all the support and everything. Uh, my mom passed away. As, I don't know if some people know that, and so I've been through a quite a couple weeks. Um, but I was just laughing at what you were saying because I was walking through the grocery store, which I still am, and you know, you're talking about all the raw food is wonderful and you was standing here <laughs> feeling sorry for myself with my bag of Doritos in my hand, so I will <laughs> put that back <laughs> on the shelf. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go oh, so get funny. some
5: fresh greens instead and vitalize myself.
3: I am. I'm going to make a nice big pot of vegetable soup instead. So. <laughs> Nice. So thank you for that, that was great Yeah, it's been an interesting few weeks Um, I feel like it's been I've I've done about another five years of work In about three weeks So it's been many things Your voice
5: voice sounds like that When I hear the aliveness And enthusiasm in your voice It's like your energy I mean from the intensive just a few weeks ago You were at such a whole different level Of vitality and aliveness It's amazing
3: Yes Yes. And I, I guess I expected it to be the opposite, but it it I mean it's not to get into my whole story, but there's been not just the death of my mother, there's just been a lot of things. Um that I mean it's I got about five years of work. It would be like I would think it would be five years of things that could happen to someone in you know, that yep. amount of time. And so so it's 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 been something that I've discovered a lot, like um you know, what some of it is, what some of it is that's in me and I'm still having to work on. Um and it is. It's a lot of things about loss and about some weird idea I have that loss is a punishment. So that's kind of where my mm. uh, worksheets are going right now. So that was kind of an interesting, uh, you know, insight. And and just, it, it's very been wonderful powerful. for me to know that a lot of people have been very supportive, and that's new for me. And, you know, the group, the Mind Shifters group is wonderful, and my friends and and you guys helping out, and of course Tim is amazing, and it's uh, it's really been a, a huge learning experience.
5: Well, you know, Mary, you uh, you bring up a really powerful point, and you look at and 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 this might not be something many people have looked at in their lives, but how what what's the first thing most people do say, for instance, with a child? When the child does quote-unquote something wrong, when the child lose contact, loses contact with love, as it and it resonates in the adult losing contact with love, what does the adult say they need to do to punish the child? They have to take something away from them,
1: a privilege, right, yeah. a
5: toy... Or, or something along those lines. And instead of, gee, my child has lost contact with love, what do I need to provide them with to get them back to that connected space? It's it's so bizarre how backward our culture is.
3: Oh, right, right. Yeah, I never would have and heard so, that one, that's for sure.
5: <laughs> yeah. So that's, uh, that's powerful to see that, that connectedness between those things from a new space and, mm-hmm. and to be willing to keep... Providing yourself with that connected space of love and that nurturing and the support and being sweet with yourself because that's what allows those layers of pain that most of us have spent our lives trying to stay away from to to support ourselves in allowing them to come up and to peel them off and get rid of them and they're no longer carried Mm -hmm. as a load. And it's just, you know, it's a difference of night and day where people are terrified to look at those things. The biggest mm-hmm. benefit in the world comes from looking at those things, being with those things in love, and then being free of them.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah, and so. it's interesting. I it's kind of like. Okay, I'll I'll look. <laughs> it's better than it used to be, and I know we, we've been listening to a lot of Guy Finley, and, and one of the things he he says is that um, there's no such thing as bad self knowledge, and, and I I like that. Right on. Mm-hmm.
5: Absolutely, fabulous Well, I'm delighted to hear you're moving well And we, we think of you, uh, you know, since your mom passed and, and her and supporting her in her eternal journey And what comes next yes. for her And you in where you're going in your world In, in every arena
3: Yeah, it is coming along it's Kicking and screaming, but it's coming along so, yeah. Fabulous and I'm doing well Great, right. thank you
5: Very cool. Well, thanks for checking in. It was an honor to have you with the uh, Codependence Intensive, and we'll look forward to the next time we get face to face.
3: Great. Thanks a lot.
5: Okay. Blessings. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye.
3: Can we have another caller? Yeah. 828,
4: you're on the air. 828, you're on the air. Is this are a you with us, 8 to
2: Oh Hi. Uh, this is Margaret. Well, hi there, young lady. I, I didn't press number one.
5: <laughs> well, here but, you um, are. You know, we, every time I think about what Ari did uh, in the five-week intensive in Orlando a few weeks ago, I uh, you come to mind because, like, we're going to have to get Ari back in the kitchen to recreate all of that. We're going to have to get Magda to sit there and write it all down again. <laughs>
2: oh, my goodness. <laughs> that, that was quite was, a process, wasn't yes. it? That was, that was quite, quite a process, process. That was intense. I would think that we would consider that very intense, yeah.
5: Yes, (laughs)
3: yes, for sure. Well, seeing as how we've got you, how
5: about just uh, some kind of a report from the Ozarks and uh, tell us what's happening out there. Is the weather breaking and warming up a little
2: bit? The weather weather is marvelous today. It's 70-something or other out there, and a nice breeze. We had rain yesterday, which was very necessary, and... um, and very helpful. Um, and we're we're plugging along. Our kitchen is almost finished. Uh, Fabulous. We can get our new kitchen. <laughs> um, and um, we are doing the Ozarks Neighborhood Exchange is doing their once a year Congress on Saturday. So that's a big deal. So we're all busy. And, nice, um, nice. Trying to stay, you know. Sometimes the rough edges come up because of the intensity that's going on, and and so uh, grabbing a worksheet and working it out is really helpful. Really, really helpful. So that's that's my update.
5: <laughs> awesome. Well, I assume the red buds of the dogwoods are are out now, so it's we're looking.
2: Oh yeah. Looking yeah. beautiful. Yeah, be been up. To, still have been up since the end of February, and red bugs have been up for several weeks. Da- um and yes, everything's starting to pop right now. Tulips and, and the dogwoods are being incredible. Yeah. They just <laughs> yep, it's it's getting to be leafy out there, and everything's getting green. So it's all good. Got to come back here.
5: Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful time of year in the Ozarks for sure.
2: Yes. Did you get the mail that I sent you?
5: I did, yes. Thank you, thank you, thank
2: oh, you. Yay! Software, okay.
5: software installed.
2: Yay! Very good. That was quite. That was something I want to mention since I'm accidentally on the um, the show. Uh, I was. I'll tell everyone who's listening that I was looking for a piece of software that Michael had loaned me. He needed it back so he could work on his computer. And I looked in all the places that I thought it would, should, and could be and didn't find it. And I looked and looked and re-looked at least three different times in each of those places and sorted through everything and all the different rooms were, you know, and I just I finally said, okay, I'm I'll, I'll letting go of this for a while. And if it doesn't turn up by Monday, <clears throat> then I will call Michael and tell him that I'll buy him a new one. Uh, so, and I, I and I asked Luca for assistance, and Sunday, early morning, like 2 o'clock in the morning or something, I was awakened by this thought, oh, my goodness, I think it might be in the guest room. Look in the guest room, and certainly it was there.
5: <laughs> so We've got to ask Luca. for different timing. <laughs> And that's awesome, but uh, two in the morning. Hey, how about if we make it at eight after I get up and I've had my tea? <laughs> but I understand that one. Yeah, it comes when it comes.
2: comes when it comes. And I just love Ruka. I just I de- I depend on Ruka a lot, and I ask for help, and it comes. So that's my testimonial for the day. Yeah, that's it. That's awesome. All I, have I understand.
5: To all team. right. <laughs> all right dear heart we'll look forward to seeing you in a few weeks
2: okay very good you take care and be happy okay. blessings all right Bye-bye. thanks for
5: accidentally pushing the button <laughs> blessings all right well we're down to the last minute or so so we're going to just say uh our our appreciation our thanks for your providing listening ears if uh If the conversation is meaningful for you, then please, you're welcome to listen to it as often as you choose. You can download it as a free MP3 from our website. And, uh, you can take that MP3 and you can put it on your phone or your iPad or whatever you've got, and uh, or you can attach it to an email and send it to others, or you can just send a link to it. If some if there's something you hear on a show that like wow that I, I know somebody needs to hear that, send them a link and uh, they can just freely click on the link and and listen to the show. And so our commitment here, our work is about taking this building of brain cells, this development of the understanding not just knowledge about but the understanding of having a true near life experience personally experienced that's what we're here to support for every mind heart and being on the planet we appreciate you being part of that process and we hope that you'll have the best year yet of your eternal life it's an awesome gift to give the world blessings bye-bye